Welcome back to the Satsung Podcast. I hope everybody is well. Today on the podcast, we have my brother Jimmy Rex. Um, where to start with Jimmy? Jimmy is an author, entrepreneur, um, life coach, uh, real estate mogul, just a just a super interesting cat, super sweet man. Um, you know, he actually just invested in the band and is helping us put out this next record. Um, for pretty much nothing, man. He just, he's such a sweet dude and he um, is the epitome of, of what you would want to see when someone acquires wealth through hard work. You know, he pays it forward in so many ways. Uh, super sweet guy. Uh, we've drank ayahuasca together, so that's dope. Um, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear the conversation. Jimmy's a special dude. Um, this podcast and every single episode of it is brought to you by the great folks at Onnit. If you go to Onnit.com and you use code Satsung at checkout, you're going to get a little discount. You can try the uh, Alpha Brain Black Label. You can try the Total Human, which is absolutely my favorite. Um, like I've said before, man, supplements are hard because there's so many that don't work. With Onnit, you never have to worry about that because they third-party test all their shit. But what's great is day pack, night pack. You eat one with breakfast or lunch and take one before you go to bed and you're fully optimized. Like all of their flagship products are in there. Um, got a couple days left. Nope. Today was the last day of the sale. You, I hope that you guys got the, uh, the sale. But there's always stuff on sale on the website too. Um, always smoking deals there, but head to onnit.com, use code satsung at checkout. Without further ado, my brother, Jimmy Rex. Jimmy Rex, welcome to the Satsung podcast, man. How you doing? Yeah, Drew, great to be here, man. Yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm stoked to chat with you. Um, you and I met, um, at an ayahuasca ceremony and just have a bunch of really cool mutual friends. I was, um, just really blown away by that um that circle of humans and how i've stayed in touch with pretty much everyone that was there um you know it's the one the one perk of my job is that i'm traveling all of the time so like no matter where you live i'll probably see you twice in a year um which i love but um when i did your podcast we talked about me a lot obviously because i was a guest um and i kind of want to find out um some more about you you're a pretty interesting cat and you've done some pretty interesting things over the past few years well i appreciate that man no it is funny when you do you know the deep work together with people you just have a different connection you have a different bond and so it was cool like when you came and toured here in utah i was you know i wasn't missing that there's definitely a no chance so it is cool you have one of those jobs i kind of have one of those jobs too where i've been in real estate for 17 years and now i you know, do a lot of like coaching and men's coaching and stuff like that but it allows me the freedom to kind of do what I want. My job's always been to network. And so I, I can say yes to a lot of things because everything brings more interesting people into my life and you never know where that connection goes, but it's been a fun way to live as well. So, you know, I love to travel and, and pretty much try to go to anything I can that I think is going to be a fun experience or something to help me out. So like when it was time to go do that ayahuasca, I was, I saw who was going and I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. It's such, um, I, th I think the, there's so much unspoken shit like um i feel like when you meet someone in that space you're just like okay well even if there's a bunch of shit we don't have in common we clearly have more in common than we don't or we wouldn't be here you know i think the um that that self-work piece um that just 
yeah, I don't think you sit in ceremony unless the goal is like, I can know more, I can be better. Well, yeah, that's one thing that I discovered as I kind of started getting into this space is I grew up in a very religious household. Um, I, I grew up Mormon, went on a Mormon mission, um, did that thing religiously. I mean, for 30 couple years, 31, 32 years. And what was interesting is, is, you know, I've always been this guy that's I'm driven by curiosity. I want to know all these different things. I want to experience everything as much as anything. And in like a religion like that, you're just kind of limited. You, you know, you know where you're from, why you're here where you're going, what you're supposed to do. And so a lot of people in that space, they don't like to question their own beliefs. And one thing I love about, you know, through plant medicine and, and discovering some people in those spaces is everybody's very curious. Everybody wants to challenge their own beliefs all the time. I like to say, you know, I, I reserve the right to change my mind whenever I want. I'm just out here trying to get it right, not trying to be right. And so it's, it's really cool because you get people that are driven by curiosity, people that are willing to explore um things out of the norm out of the box and so you do meet a lot of interesting people and a lot of people that are on that same path of you know saying i just want to be the best version of myself yeah there's um um on fall tour the the thing me and parker kept saying was walt whitman said of course i contradict myself because i contain platitudes which is this like yeah dude if you meet someone that is a know-it-all it's like okay well i know you're a fucking idiot like I, I always say that I reserve the right to be completely full of shit about anything at any given time. Cause I might just not know, which, um, you know, is I, in, in the current state of like, um, political and this like fervor, you know, there's just mm -hmm. this like heat that's kind of always permeating right now with social media and the way pe people bicker at each other. I just am like, um, the more self-work I do, the harder it becomes to have an opinion about much because I just am like, yeah, I kind of feel like recently I'm relating more to the thing behind the thing. Like I'm not my social security number. I'm not like this meat suit thing. Like I, I'm the thing that's like in the driver's seat of it. I'm not the thing, you know? Like yeah. Well, it's funny. And I, I kind of learned a similar lesson. I was, um, I put something on Twitter probably about six months ago. And I don't remember what it was. It was I just was just saying something. And all of a sudden I started getting people just coming at me and I, I deleted it and I wrote a new tweet and I said, I just realized like, I don't need to have an opinion on everything. I didn't even have a strong opinion on what I said. I just threw it out there. Next thing I know, I got people all over my page fighting and wanting me to opinionate on this thing. And I'm like, I don't even care. And I realized you don't have to have strong opinions on everything. Sometimes it's okay to just go, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see where this thing goes. Yeah, so or I know what's right for me. So I'm just yes. going to do that. Yeah, you know, I'm like, not trying to convince anyone else. I don't need anybody else to agree with me. I don't really care if anybody else sees this the way I do. This is just my opinion. Yeah, what do you think that thing is? Because that's the thing that I've been trying to figure out is like, um, hang on, my dog's trapped yeah, yeah, on go, the stairs. Yeah, you're good, go get it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been trying to figure out because I have so many people that um, that I agree with them but then I like, I see them on social media and there seems to be this huge desire for people to want to convince other people of their way. And I just, um, I, I just don't understand that. Like, I just have zero interest in making anybody else think like me. Like for, yeah, my whole thing well, is just, you do whatever is 
Well, I have an interesting, I have an interesting background on that because I served an LDS mission, right? Where you go for two years and your yeah. entire purpose is to convince people to think like you do, right? Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the reason they have us go do that, which by the way, is like such a powerful experience because you literally spend two years not thinking about yourself at all. You're just thinking about other people, which there's a lot of honor and beauty in that, you know, but um, looking back, you know, I think the reason why they have us go do that or why you go do that is people if you can get people, if you defend something enough, you kind of strengthens your own belief. And I think a lot of people are unsure of their own beliefs or their what they deep down at their core. So they're trying to convince other people all the time, because it's like, if I can get enough other people to affirm this, then yeah, I think I'm going to feel better about my own decision of how I'm living my life. And I think a lot of people know at their core, they're not living their authentic life or they're doing things because they, that was the way they were raised or that was the way they were taught. You know, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said, if you still believe what you like were taught to believe when you were seven, A, you're not growing and B, they weren't your beliefs. You were, those were programmed into you. And so it's, you know, I think we just, we will try to defend ourselves to try to get that belief. But at our core, if you don't truly believe it, um, I think you're always trying to defend it. Or maybe even if you do believe it or you think you believe it, but it's like, if I can defend this, if I can get enough people to affirm what I'm thinking, then I'm going to feel better about my own decisions of how I've lived my life. That's deep, dude. I've never, I've never considered that, that people are like actively seeking confirmation bias because it makes them go like, oh yeah, okay. Okay. So we're on the same page. Yeah. And it makes you feel better about how you've lived your life. You know, like, oh, my life mattered. I did it the right way. I, I valued the right thing. I defended the right belief. Yeah. And you see people too, um, you know, whenever a big thing comes up in the news, I could just make a list of the people that are going to react and how they're going to react. And it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're just like waiting for a cue for the next thing to be outraged or form an opinion on. Um, That's a, one of my buddies, Sean Whalen, you know, he blew up on social media a few years ago because he, he that very thing is what he said is it was when Cecil the Lion, remember that when he got yeah. killed? And I mean, everybody was outraged. I mean, how could they do this, you know? And he's like, you guys didn't even fucking know about Cecil the Lion a week ago. <laughs> you let the media absolutely make every problem your problem. You They tell you what to be outraged about, and you're outraged. You're so easily programmable. Like, stand on something that you actually believe in for yourself instead of being told what to be outraged about. You know, I saw a meme the other day. It was kind of funny, and it, it was like this person that was obviously just like, I think they had a mask on and they had, you know, like they're, and it was, it was what, what are we supposed to be mad about next? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like, they're just waiting to be told what to be pissed off about next. It's like, we were never programmed to worry about so many issues at once. Back when we got our monkey brains, you had three things to worry about. Like, am I safe? Where's my food? And what am I going to fuck next? And now it's like, we have 50 issues on the table all the time, a million things to worry about. And it's just the human brain is not supposed to be that worried. That's why everyone lives in anxiety all the time. It's like, no, you don't have to like make every single issue something that you care about, or, or you don't have to have this strong opinion about everything. Yeah. I think um, one thing that I've noticed is that um, typically the people that, that point out privilege the most and are always championing you know, some cause, they tend to always kind of be in the same political arena. But I always am like, I always come back to that thought where I'm like, do you even realize what a privilege privilege it is for us to sit here and not be like, dude, did you hear that Wyoming is forming a militia and they're starting to invade our state? You know, did you? Yeah, I mean, okay, we're almost out of rice. Like, you know, in <laughs> yeah. a, a, like, or even, you know, fuck, I live in India, apex predators creep into the town at night. Hopefully I don't get smoked by a tiger tonight. Like, you know, we just... Well, we're we, sitting over here in our bubble. 
it's never been easier things. in the history. If you were to take every civilization in the history of mankind, it is never easier in the history of mankind. It's never been better for anybody than Americans in the last 20, 25 years. Like literally, it's never been a civilization that had less war, less problems, less things to worry about. And what happens, I mean, we've seen this, like, if, you know, this is the history of mankind. But when stuff is as easy as it's been, you start making real issues out of can I cook my neighbor's cake because they're gay and want me to? Or can I go into the bathroom that's men's if I'm a female? And uh, you start making up issues. And I think uh, as humans, we need variety. We need, you know, um, conflict and all these things to, to not be bored. So people just make shit up because you don't have real problems. Like we don't have real problems. When I mean, you start thinking about even 100 years ago, man, they had real problems. If you broke your leg, they were sawing that shit off and you didn't have any <laughs> kind yeah. of anesthetic to put you to sleep, dude. Like, yeah. you know, people had real problems back then and we don't have those. Like, I mean, yeah, there's issues, but it's like most of them are self-created just to have conflict in our life. Yeah, most most can be completely... Um done away with mentally and you can go about your day you know i had a really bad neck injury a few years ago and i just remember thinking of like um you know before they could do disc surgeries like imagine some fucking farmer injures a disc in his neck and now his right arm just doesn't work oh yeah you're just done. like well <laughs> fuck i guess i guess we'll just you know i'll make a body sling and we'll keep it close to the body and we'll get back to work you know i just yeah i mean it's just such a a wild time to be a human um, so I want to, I wanted to kind of talk to you about the, the entrepreneurial stuff too, cause it's just such a, um, I shouldn't say foreign world to me because I've, um, when I started Satsung, I very quickly in the first few years said like, okay, this is going to be my thing. Everyone will be hired out and I'm going to steer this thing. So like, as far as navigating the music industry, it's always been something that I'm, that I'm super, super interested in, but the you know, the real estate and you have your hands in so many things, dude, the amount of people that, um, that <laughs> I've just seen like the restaurants you work with. And then like, being like, Oh yeah, no, I've invested in that too. And, um, so talk about just kind of like, yeah, real estate, how you got into that. And then what made you start wanting to, to dabble in other things? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I get bored easily. That helps, but um, you know, I, I got into real estate. I, I was always curious about real estate just from an investing standpoint. And so I got my license mostly to do investment deals. But then I started selling a couple houses. And I was like, Oh, man, these are really big commission checks. And so I ended up, you know, my first full year, well, my first six months as a realtor, I sold like four homes, I was just dabbling in it, I was going on trips. And it just wasn't really going anywhere. And then I hired a coach, dude. And this guy just taught me everything I needed to know about real estate. In my next six months, I sold 55 homes. And then my first full year as a realtor, I sold, you know, 98 houses and you get there. Okay. Um, and anyway, I sold, you know, my first full year, I sold 98 houses and I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is going to be super profitable for the, uh, the rest of my life there. And it's cool. Cause when you're a kid, you want to make money, but you don't really know how it's going to happen. And so when you actually start making some good money, you're like, oh, this is, this is awesome. So I did that for the next several years. And then the, you know, the market crashed. And it was brutal, man. I mean, it was, I went, you know, my income was a third of what it was. Everybody in the industry was depressed. And I thought I was God's gift to real estate for a few years there. And then all of a sudden it was, there was no money anywhere. And so you just start kind of playing with different ideas. And, and thankfully I always, one thing that I did really well is I hired mentors all the time. I just, anything in my life, if I want to be good at it, I find out who's the very best and I go to them and then I just copy what they do. And so like I've, you know, hired every coach and mentor and trainer you could and gone to the masterminds and the events and all that kind of stuff. 
so over the last 15, 17 years, I've been doing the real estate, but um, you know, you start to buy and sell out of real estate, start flipping homes and all that stuff and you make money. And then all of a sudden I said, okay, I, I start meeting a lot of interesting people and I started looking for clues of success. And my first couple of years, I started making money. It was actually interesting. The first few years I was making money, I invested in all the wrong things. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was looking for. And I always, like, I came from this very naive position. I just thought people were good and nobody would ever <laughs> take your money or whatever. And, oh man, they will all take your money if you let them. Um, so many people out there just looking for, you know, easy targets. And so I lost my first probably million bucks I invested. But what happened is in 2010, I'd gone through all this ups and downs. I'd made and lost millions of dollars. And I said, okay, I've learned a lot of lessons here. And so then I got educated. I mean, I really dove into how to invest, how to do business, how to read spreadsheets, how to read accounting, all those kinds of things. And so I started knowing what to look for. So it was cool because people kept bringing me their investment deals still, but I'd be able to ask the right questions and immediately be able to poke through holes of the ones that were working, the ones that weren't. And I made a couple of really good investments in some tech companies that ended up, up giving me seven figure payouts. Um, and then from those, I was able to start, you know, investing in, in, in other things as well to the point now where, yeah, so like you said, I'm part owner in over 30 restaurants. I'm, um, I'm a venture capitalist in, in over 17 companies. And then I own over 30 real estate properties now. And so I've just diversified into all these different things. And um, for me, it's fun. Like I always love investing in, in people. So if I wanted to get to know somebody, I'd invest in their company if I already believed in them. And all of a sudden you guys become friends. And then when you, once you get into the circle, it's a lot smaller circle. And so just, you just kept meeting more and more interesting people. And next thing you know, you're in a room going, how did I get in a room like this? Like that was when we did that ayahuasca, it was like, how the hell did I make my way into this room? And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, okay. I belong here, you know? And so that's kind of the the little synopsis of how it kind of happened for me, but I just looked for people that were successful I knew what to look for, like, especially with investing, there's a lot of, um, you don't want to lose money. That's kind of the key to the whole thing. And so for <laughs> right. me, it always became, okay, who am I investing in? Um, and if I believe in the person and I've seen, I'd never want to be their guinea pig. I never want to be the person they're learning their mistakes on my dollar. And so I always make sure they've had some exits. They've had success. Um, like the, you know, our two restaurants in Vegas, my partner, Ryan Laid this dude had four restaurants already crushing it in Vegas. Every time you go, they're stacked. Like I'm going and you know, famous musicians are hanging out at his place. I'm like, okay, this guy gets it. And so I invested in those two restaurants and dude, those two restaurants alone. I mean, I could live off just those two restaurants, what I make, you know, on a monthly basis from those um, because the guy is just dialed in. He knows he gets it. And it's, there's this sense of ownership too and pride where I invest in stuff that I think is cool. Like every week I have people going to Vegas and they go to our restaurants and they're two of the sexiest restaurants in Vegas. And all of a sudden they're tagging you all the stuff. And it's, it's just a cool way to kind of build a life, I guess, is, you know, I invest in stuff. I want to be a part of people. I want to hang out with stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you just, um, so I had a, a split with my record label and made this very um, kind of roots roots record. Um, and you're you're acting as uh, as the record label for this for this release, and um, it's so funny, man. And and no disrespect to the label that I that I worked with, they were they were so kind to me and and so nice. But when you talk to someone that is um, a real entrepreneur and an investor like yourself, and you break down what a typical label deal is, it's kind of the most outrageous thing in the world. Yeah, it's pretty like, wild. When you when you told me about it, I was like, oh, I and mean, I already knew it was you know the musicians don't make any of the money so but is it i mean it's just the craziest thing like imagine you know yeah you go 
my dog is scared of a painting that's in my office. <laughs> my dog was barking. <laughs> Come at, here, you little. Come my on. dog was mar- barking at the mirror for like 20 minutes the other day. He was barking at himself. Um, yeah, I mean, the idea of like, okay, cool, man. I'm going to invest in your company. Um, and then after you pay me back, I'm going to take 50 to 70% of the profits for 10 years. Like, it's crazy, yeah, man. It's absolute madness. Um, but I, you know, I think what's cool about you is um, I, re- I remember you and I kind of had a moment after ceremony. You're like, man, you're just a dude, huh? I was like, yeah, total, you know? And, and, <laughs> yeah. and same thing. We're looking around this room. We have former UFC champions, former professional football players, a um, couple former professional football players, you know, people that are worth six, seven figures, you know? And it's just like, yeah, man, people are just people. If they're, if they're, if they're doing the work, then all of those external things of like, oh yeah, I'm a musician and uh, I've had a number one billboard record or, well, I'm actually worth this much. Uh, I played in the Pro Bowl. Like that shit just doesn't matter. You're just like, oh yeah, uh, we're dude, just people. Yeah, no, if, I, I can't imagine being in rooms now where people are trying to flex on each other, right? Like after being in rooms where nobody cares, it's like, it's really, it's like, who are you? Like, how, how are you? Like, well, you know, let's get deep. Like anything surface now or when people are coming in with their bullshit, it just there's it's no desire because you hang out with people that are real and you know it's so nice to just be there and you can truly be you like you're mm-hmm. you have tattoos all over yourself like you look like the exact person i would have never hung out with in my 20s <laughs> <laughs> total <laughs> now i'm getting my next three tattoos on saturday you know it's like I love it but it's you just you quit and that's what i say it's like my life got really good when i quit caring what people were doing and i started caring how people were doing because ultimately that. you want to hang out with people that you want to be with, man. Yeah. And I, dude, I feel like plant medicine is like the anti-flex. Like if you're still flexing after you've done plant medicine, you didn't do enough. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, did, you did something you did wrong. wrong. Totally yeah. wrong. Um, you know, what's your take on this? Um, Cause I want, I wanted to ask you about um, we are the day. And I think you're like the quintessential person that should be coaching people um, from like a, you know, just by the numbers, it's like, okay, well, this is, clearly an actually successful dude that has built a very diversified portfolio in the realm of, of entrepreneurship. Um, but also just a really together dude. And you have an interesting story. It was like, yeah, dude, I was a part of LDS. And then, you know, went off on this self-discovery journey through the process of making my money. So it wasn't, I feel like so many people just um, kind of a two-parter. There's like, a lot of people get their money and then they're like, okay, well, self-work is over. Cause I mean, this was the end goal was like money equates to figuring it out. Um, and it's cool to see people that, that have all of the money and are still like, oh yeah, no, but that's not it. That's like, that's a part yeah, of well, it. <laughs> you know, that's one of the benefits of having the money is you realize like that it's not it, you know? And, it, and if you, if your only goal is to make money, I hope you're really rich because that's the easiest goal to hit. If that's all you're trying to do, it really is like, that's just a scientific formula. If I do X and Y long enough, I'll make Z and I'm going to have money. But like, um, the real work is in that fulfillment, right? It's, it's, you know, and Tony Robbins says it best. He says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And so for me, like the reason why I, I wanted to, you know, get into this space is people just kept reaching out to me. And I realized I've been on this path of self-discovery for a decade. And I've literally put in the work. I've really been doing all this stuff. And for me, it was more like listening to, hey, who needs you? How can you give back? How can you continue to grow and contribute? And so I started thinking, I was like, well, if I just put people through the exact path that I did, like I've done all this work. I'm like, I know it works because it worked for me. I know how well it helped me to, you know, find self-love and 
and purpose and, and give back and all those things. And so, yeah. So when it came time to, to launch something, it's, you know, I, I kind of was thinking what was going to be my next step. I actually in a plant medicine journey two and a half years ago. So I had just sold the most expensive home in the history of Utah. It was $32 million and seven, <laughs> a seven figure paycheck on one deal. I put 20 minutes into it. Uh, I was the number one realtor in my state that year. I mean, sold hundreds and hundreds of homes. And I got to this point and I did a journey and it was like the same month I sold that house. And I knew in the journey, it was a hundred percent clear to me. I had to get out of real estate. I needed to go on to the next thing. And from that day forward, I was on this path of finding what it was going to be. And, you know, with we are the they, I, you know, I'd, I'd had that as my life motto. I've told you the story behind it, I guess. Right. Huh. Um, uh, so I used to go, um, because I wanted to do something with this motto. Cause when it came to me, so what happened was I was going undercover working with a group that helped rescue kids being sex trafficked. And when I was coming back from one of the missions, we went to Mexico and we had this big rescue and took down some pretty bad dudes. And I was in the car with my, uh, my girlfriend on the way home from the airport and I'm telling her all about it. I'm all excited. And she, uh, she pulls over the truck and she goes, uh, she goes, Hey, uh, I don't want you to do this anymore. It's, it's, and I was like, what are you talking about? It's part of my life's mission now. And she goes, I know, but it's super dangerous and it's a bad environment. Like, why can't they just go do it? And without even thinking, I just said, uh, I said, there is no, they, we are the, they. And when I said that, I was like, oh shit, that's uh, really good. It gave me like yeah, tingles on dude. my spine kind of thing, you know? And I was like, all right, that's gonna be the model for my life. And so that's why when I decided what to do next with this coaching group, I named it, we are the, they, um, and it's just, you know, every single guy in the group is just really taken to that. I mean, it means so much to him. In fact, there was a dude that came and spoke to our group at one of our events, and he was talking about getting your blood testing and some of that stuff. And he fucked up the name. He called it We Are They. And he skipped the the. And the entire room was so appalled. Like, they were so mad because they take so much pride in, like, what we've built and, like, the work we're doing, you know. And the, everyone was just like, no, dude, you lost us. And the guy, guy, you know, he even like set up a website to get a free code. And it was, we are they, he didn't even do his research to get it right. And it was just funny to watch, but it means a lot to all of us because, um, you know, that, that in life, everybody's always like, ah, they need to do something about this. And it's like, no, no, no. Like we don't wait for other people to do it. Like there is no, they, we are the, they. And, and so that's how it came about, but, um, it's been, it's been really fun to, to, to launch and be a part of it. Yeah, I love that, man. I always say, you know, whenever people are getting just super heady about dumb shit, like all the politics and stuff we just talked at, I'm talked about, I'm like, yeah, dude, well, the antidote to that is becoming the most self-sufficient centered version of yourself that you could be. Yeah. You know, like if you're concerned about concerned about food shortages, get good at hunting and fishing. If you're concerned about, you know, people taking away your freedom then be as free and as dangerous as fucking possible so that if anyone tries to come in your zone you can exterminate them from your zone you know like i yeah. just get your own house in order you know that's mm -hmm. what i that's the message that i preach to everybody and when and here's what i tell people too is like because we have chaos around the world around us so if you're if you are at peace within it's all good you don't mind the chaos around you but if you're chaotic inside and it's chaotic around you you're going to be a freaking mess and so I just tell people, look, the key is to get centered and get peaceful within because the world, you're going to find proof for whatever you look for. So if you look for the bad that's going on in the world, that's what's going to show up. But if you spend your time and energy looking for the good, that's what you're going to see. That's what's going to show up. And so, you know, I just tell people to really get your house in order and get set within so that you're centered and 
because if you've got peace within it's the world going to hell around you won't even bother you yeah man i think i think that's so crucial and i think that there's like a you know the uh, the counterpoint to that by most people would be like well that's just really apathetic and it's like no dude imagine if we lived in a world where everyone was taking care of their shit and being kind and they were at peace you know yeah you you start to see that people like that like we just said at the beginning man people like that aren't real uh you know don't really have hard-ons for convincing other people of much it's just yeah. like yeah no man i mean if you want to know why i am the way i am i'm happy to share that but i'm not gonna you know call my aunt names on facebook because she doesn't think like me you know yeah. <laughs> like it's just not well, that's, like a, that's one of those most dangerous things we can do in this world is is not want to get differing opinions or not want to be around people that don't have our exact same opinion i mean you know if if everyone if you're living in an echo chamber if everybody thinks the same way as you like you need to find different circles you need to expose yourself to new ideas and new people and you know all the beauty of my own life now has come from me stretching way past where it was comfortable at the time and meeting people i had no business you know being around i just was always willing to go do that and it opened up this whole world for me that i would have never even known about and i've now been able to introduce that world to hundreds of other people that it's helped them in their lives and so there really is a lot of power if you know, if everyone around you, if you can't disagree with people in a kind way, if you can't hear somebody else's opinion and at least try to understand where they're coming from, then, you know, it's, it's a dangerous place to be in for a person. Yeah. And to just, um, you know, I think we got to be really careful what we give a emotional response to, you know, like one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, dude, stress is, is quite hard on the body you know, and the, the link between cortisol and cancers, cortisol and injury, um, you know, learning about shit like that from guys like Joe Dispenza really makes you think like, oh man, I got to start being very mindful of what I'm going to emotionally react to. And if it's, you know, every other post on Facebook, then I should probably just get rid of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. shaving years off of my fucking life, you know, if, if that's my reaction to it. And it's like, I just wonder how many people like, I have a genuine concern for for a lot of people close to me that I really love and care about who who I think their thinking is dead on. It's the um anger towards yeah, the not consumption just, of it, right? Like all yes. consuming. Yeah, I have buddies too that I agree with what they're saying, but I'm like, dude, listen to yourself though. You're fucking miserable. You're angry as hell right now. Like <laughs> always pissed about you something. don't have to be pissed all the time. You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny, there's there's guys um you know, JP Sears is a good friend of mine. Um, and one thing that him and I talk a lot about is, is, you know, his job revolves around knowing what's going on, because that's what he's writing about, you know, right. So it becomes such an interesting thing of, he was just saying, he's like, yeah, man, humor for him is like, that's the filter, which through I'm digesting all of this completely egregious shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So he's like, humor is what kind of like, um distills it so it isn't it, it it's not as convoluted you know i can be like okay cool this is fucked but how can i make it funny so people laugh yeah it's, um, well it's a really good lens to look through it from I and mean, comedians have always had a really special purpose in moving the needle the right direction because they can say things like my friends always said it to me that i used to do stand up and they're like dude how do you get away with the shit you say like you can say something that if anyone else said it they would be in so much trouble and you say it jimmy and everyone laughs and they're fine with it and it's like well that's that's a social intelligence it's like being able to convey a message without offending but you get the point across of how ridiculous it is you know mm -hmm. 
What do you think? Um, what do you think plays into? Because, like I said, I mean, dude, there's I, I just see so many bullshit life coaches. Like it uh, when I went to Austin for the first time, everybody I met was oh, that's a life headquarters coach. for life coach. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but what was funny was when someone would say like, "Oh, I'm a life coach," I'd be like, "Okay, cool. Well, what do you? What's your background?" And oh well. Uh, you know, I just knew that I was going to be a healer and, uh, it's like, okay, so you don't have any sort of thing to like, to point to, you know, another one, my wife is a clinical therapist and has been through all of the maps training and the ultimate goal here in the next few years is for her to be a maps therapist. Awesome. And, and when I have people, you know, in the kind of neo hippie circles that will be like, oh yeah, you know, my my so-and-so holds ceremony or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My wife went to school for 10 years. Like, you know, she's done hours and hours of training with other people that have gone to school for 10 to 20 years. Like this, we're, we're talking about two different things. My wife isn't just like handing out mushrooms to people. She's a clinical yeah. therapist, you know, like there's some letters behind her name. Well, it's, there's, it's, you're so right. I mean, there's so many people that, you know, if you're under 30 years old, you're just not qualified to coach other people. You just haven't had enough <laughs> life experience, yeah. dude. Like, I think of who I was at 30, even 35. I'm just like, you know, I just, I wasn't, I, you just have to experience enough of life. And that's one thing that, you know, like you said, like I've been in all these worlds, I've done all these things. And so for me, I still had imposter syndrome about being a life coach until I had this moment where I was working with a, a, a woman that's kind of helping guide me on kind of, she was doing some coaching for me. And, and she's like, well, who, who, who is it? that reaches out to you. And, and I realized it was like, guys are always reaching out asking how I have such a cool group of friends. And I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a men's group like that. And I was like, Oh, my superpower is connecting men. I've always been great at getting guys together. And that was when I knew. And so from that point on, I knew I was like, okay, I can do this. But even I like with all the experience I've had and all the ups and downs and everything else, I'm like, shit, who am I to tell somebody else how to live their life? But I always laugh. You meet, you know, these girls that are, they've got nine different photos of them at Tulum or Bali. And all of a sudden they're a life coach. And you're just like, I mean, I more the power to you. But, um, you know, I think you've, there's just a, if you're under age 33, you've never even been in a down market. The economy, no matter what you've put your money into, whatever you've invested in has made money. Essentially, you haven't gone through those ups and downs. And I want the person that's been heartbroken a few times. I want the person that's been lost all their money a couple of times because you just learn so many lessons and in so many things, but it is a funny space. Like if anybody, you know, one of the rules with plant medicine, one of my rules is if anybody actually calls themselves a shaman run from them because an actual shaman doesn't, you know? And so if they call themselves a facilitator, that's good. But if they're sitting there calling themselves a shaman over and over, probably not your person. They're just, they're got way too much ego involved in the whole thing. Totally. You know, it was funny. I'm just such a skeptic by nature and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the facilitator at our ceremony, as soon as she arrived, I was like, cool. So what's your story? And she's like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, 22 years ago, I started working with this medicine in Peru. And then yeah. after like 17 years of helping ceremonies, I was granted, you know, permission yeah, to, literally to start 50 holding days my in a row. And yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh, and she's like, are we, are you done vetting me or, and I was like, oh, yes, yes, you passed. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's such an important thing of, um, I think people are just so, I'm always amazed at just how lost people are um, that, you know, are just looking for anything 
and they don't have the question. It's like getting a tattoo from someone before you've seen their work, you know, like, um, you know, to just be looking for a life coach and not saying like, okay, well, what is it that this person has done that is, is parallel or adjacent to what I want to do and be, you know, um, you posted a, a testimonial of a guy in your group. And I thought it was like the perfect thing. Like he was very clearly stating what was missing in his life. He was seeing what you were building and going like, yep, that's pretty much exactly what is missing in my life. So I felt really called to go there because it was very apparent, like, here's the circle of needs that I have that aren't being met. And there is the very obvious circle of needs that would meet all of those needs that I, that I need, you know, and I think that is really the magic. And, um, I just love that we're in a time where people are at least, you know, even some of the goofballs that I've met in places like Austin, it's like, man, at least you're asking questions. It's true. No, no, no it's very true. It's a, it's a, I think that with the pendulum swinging, like so much bullshit too, I think there's this been a, this awakening like never before as well. And more people are, are awake and, and people are, you know, seeing through the bullshit of, of the control. And, and I think plant medicine plays a big part in all this. It's like, all of a sudden you can see why, oh, the war on drugs is kind of bullshit. Oh, jail is kind of bullshit. Um, oh, politics and all these different things. And you're like, huh? And people don't want that. They're like, okay, I'm going to reject that. And so a lot of these people, I agree, like whatever part of the space they're in, I love that people are at least thinking and people are trying to find spirituality. They're trying to find community in these different things. And so it's kind of a fun time to be watching all of it, but it is, it's, you know, it's like, there's a lot of noise out there. And that's one of the things that, you know, for me, I try to be very transparent with people. It's one thing that people, when they get to know me, they're like, you're the exact same dude as you are online. You're the exact same dude in your videos. Like you really are. And, and because I'm trying to help people like, look, if either you're going to be attracted to my message or you're not, and some people might think what we're doing is hokey, you know, and then other people are like, no, that's my dude. I need, that's the only guy I want to work with. And so I think ultimately when we just, let ourselves be seen, at least you know who actually loves you. Because if you're trying to be somebody you're not, you can't trust the love you're getting because they love this perception of you that you've created. It's not even the real you. And I think the more I've I've understood that about myself, the more I just want to be authentically me. And I know I'm not for everybody, but the people that are attracted to me, those are my people. Yeah, I love that, man. And I, I just think that is the, that's the cheat code to life is it's like, yeah, I mean, if you're not being yourself, you're going to, you're going to be living out this version of yourself that's inauthentic. So the people that are attracted to that version are going to be attracted to things that aren't really inherently you. And then that's how people find themselves in those weird things. We're like, man, I just don't feel understood. I don't feel like anyone gets me like. Yeah. One I, of the, one of the first things we do with my coaching program is I have, we really help everybody rip the mask off. And the reason I do that is because I tell them, I said, guys, if you have, if you're out of integrity, if there's things you haven't told your wife or your significant other, or like whoever needs to know these things, like if you're out of integrity, even one degree, then you can't trust the love you're getting because you think, you know, I had one guy in my group. He's, he's like, dude, I started looking at porn when I was 12. And I've never told my wife. I look at it every day. I've got this issue. I've never told anybody. And he said, I've never been able to celebrate. He's 35. He said, I've never been able to celebrate a day in my life because every time something good happened for me, all I could think was if they actually knew who I was, they wouldn't love me. And I'm like, dude, go home. Like, so you tear the bandaid off. You go, look, be seen. Like, you got to trust the love you're getting. And you can't if you're not being authentic. So he went home and he did that. And he, he, he hit me up and he goes, dude, my wife was mad for about four hours. And then she came over and gave me this big hug. And 
told me she loves me. He goes, for the first time, he goes, I thought my wife loved me. For the first time in my life, I know she loves me. And it's like, it's just a different feel when you can be seen like that. You don't have to have all your shit together. You don't have to be perfect, but you can be seen for who you are and loved in that space. Um, it's really a beautiful, it's everyone deserves to be loved like that. You deserve to be seen like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, the more we lean into to that and that authenticity, the less the opinions of others matter. You know, so like you're talking about, you know, someone being like, oh, thinking what you're doing is hokey. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't give a, yeah, I look yeah. at it as like a handicapped person kicking me. It's like I can I can tell that I'm getting kicked. It doesn't hurt. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> no. And I and I think that all of the time of, you know, I've I've gone through that with with people. Oh, you, you know, your old shit was so good, but you've changed. And fuck, yeah, I'm like, cool, man. Well, I'm just doing me, man. And if that's not for you, like. It, it says more about you that you feel the need to talk shit about it rather than just ignore it. Yeah. You know, like I see it with Aubrey all of the time, you know, Aubrey Marcus is a good buddy of mine. And yeah, yeah. when he stepped down from on it and started focusing on the fit for service thing, man, the opinions that people hurl at this guy. Um, and it's, yeah, I just, people have no clue that it, like I said, it's like, man, that speaks so loudly about you and who you are. Cause if you were a, uh, something even resembling a centered person, you'd be like, oh man, I don't really vibe with Aubrey anymore. And you just quit paying attention. Yeah. Well, like happy people, this is what, when people come at me at the internet, cause people come at me too, dude, all the yeah. time. And I just say, you know, I'm like happy people don't go on the internet and yell at strangers. <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't go on no, the internet and dude. criticize strangers. It's like, you know, and it's so funny. I've had so many people over the years get to know me and they always say, you know, like, they'll be like, dude, I gotta be honest. I didn't, I used to think you were the biggest douche or whatever, you know, and they're like, then I get to know you and I'm like, it's all good. Like, but that's the thing is like, when you know who you are, like, I know how many lives I'm blessing. I know how many people are benefiting because of the work that I've done and that I'm doing. So it's like, I don't care if random Joe on the internet that's pissed off doesn't like me. Like, you really don't care. And it's almost like this inside joke. I'm like, with when people don't like me, I literally think, oh, that's cool. They That means they're not in my inner circle because they don't know me. Because everybody that truly knows me, they seem to freaking like me. So I'm like, Total. the people that don't like me, I'm okay with that. They just don't know me, you know? But you yeah. do have to get to that spot because like, yeah, same thing. Like, uh, you know, I've been to Fit for Service. I'm friends with Aubrey as well. And and uh, to watch him and, and do his thing, you can tell like he's just at peace and he doesn't need the world to agree with what he's doing. He doesn't give a shit, you know, and it, you shouldn't. And when you can get to that place and you get to that space, it's really a beautiful thing because when people come at you, it's just, you know, it's not about you. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I just, that's a very weird um, itch to need scratched to want to like check somebody else, you know, like I think the other thing too, man, is I'm so steeped in, in the MMA world and culture. It's really my life mm. when I'm home, you know, Yeah, yeah. that it's like when you're around a bunch of killers, man, like nobody's talking shit, nobody's posturing. Cause a, you know, that if someone doesn't, yeah, the, the two sides of the coin that I always say, it's like, you know, either you're a dude that's never played basketball that just thinks you're going to be really good at basketball or on the other end, it's like, I know a bunch of motherfuckers that smoke me in basketball that are professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're both humbled and aware. Um, so yeah, you're just kind of in this thing where posturing just doesn't, doesn't fucking go down, man. And it, yeah. it's just not, not needed. When you start to realize like True winning isn't being the best. It's not being the richest. True winning is when everyone in your life loves being around you. When you show up and people are like, oh, hell yeah. Like when, you know, you make people feel good and they want 
you in their life, like that's winning. Like winning isn't because I have more money or I won the game or whatever else. And, and when you can change your mindset around that, like you still are super driven, but you're driven to make people's lives better. You're driven to make a difference for people, not driven to prove something because when you were in high school, your dad didn't think you were enough. You know, it's like, it's this completely different thing. And, and that's true winning. Like if everyone around you is winning and, and you truly in your heart feel good for them, then you know you're winning. But if you're like having these weird jealousies or these feelings of like, what he doesn't even deserve that or whatever, like it's such a reflection on you. And it's like, it's okay, well, what part of you are you not happy with that's driving you to act this way? Yeah, man, that, you know, it, I, I will be fully transparent. That's that's something that I that I really struggle with in, in the music industry of, um, you know, when you see artists that, I mean, I don't think it's an objective thing. I think you can listen to the lyrics of a song and be like, wow, that was deep. There was thought put into that. That was meaningful. Or, oh, okay, there's this pre-described formula. You were working within that formula and cranking out, you know. Um, so yeah, it's a really hard thing. But one thing that that really came to me um, th through plant medicine was this thing of like, yeah, dude, but everybody else's journey is theirs to have. Yeah. It's not yours to have yours is yours to have yeah. and you know when it at ayahuasca the thing that really blew me away was this overwhelming message of just like no man you weren't just like put here to do music like we pre pre-prescribe a thing for everybody and you found yours really young so actually you have this great responsibility that's been bestowed upon you mm -hmm. to pursue this with your whole heart all of the other things are irrelevant it doesn't matter like this is your purpose. This is what you were put here to do. So that's what you must do. And leaning into that has just helped me so much with like, yeah, I don't really care what anyone else is up to, dude. I got a book to write. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I got a no, book to write. That's like with the, you know, I feel like I found my exact thing is it was cool. I got you know, about two and a half years ago. I was an investor in this company called Nikola Motors for six years. I was the seed money and it's now it's a six, five, six billion dollar company. But there was a time two and a half years ago or two, it was in the middle of 2020, the summer of 2020, where the, the stock shot up and I was worth on paper. I had it in my Fidelity account over 30 million bucks sitting there. I was like, holy shit, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? You know? And for five months, the stock ended up tanking actually like five months later and I was tied up. I couldn't sell any of it. And so I ended up losing a lot of that, most of it. But I got this five month period where I was like, shit, I'd never have to worry about money again. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And it gave me this time to really figure out exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And that's where I came up with this whole thing of what I'm doing now. And so it's like, I know I'm doing the exact thing that I was put on this planet to do. I know this is my calling. It's like, it's, I'm so lit up about it because I got that experience of like, okay, if money didn't matter, you know, people I say, if money didn't matter and you had all the time in the world, what would you do? And it's like, I had that. And I got to figure that out and came up with what I'm doing now. And so yeah, it's, you know, it's not about the money doing it, but it's as sure as shit, a great way to make money and have fun at the same time. And it's such a cool way to, to live a life. And so for me, it was like you said, you found yours at a young age. I found mine at 40, but I can look at my path and I was like, no, I needed all 40 years to get to this yeah. spot. I wouldn't have been able to do it before I did. And so it's really cool to get into that space. Yeah, I love that, man. I had a really hilariously profound moment at um, a show in Iowa City, Iowa. This woman came up to me, older lady, and she goes, you know, what's, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of your music. Um, and I, I really love, love the stuff that you put out. You know, what's your end goal with this? 
I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, she's like, like, let's say like dream scenario. When would you feel like, oh, okay, I did it. I was like, man, if I had a small ranch that was paid for, you know, knew that my kids were set up to go to school and, and that I never, just like you said, I don't ever have to worry about money again. Then I, I guess that would be it. And she goes, but if, if you had that, would you still make records and play shows? I was like, oh yeah, for sure. And she's like, huh, so you're on quite the journey then. And then she just walked away and it just like smacked me in the face of like, oh, it's not, there is no end goal because if I'm going to be doing the same thing regardless, then this is the thing. It's not yeah. the money. It's not the ranch. It's not the, it's none of that. It's the doing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. What a cool moment. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. From a total stranger too. <laughs> um, so tell me, I wanted, I wanted to, before I let you go, like, obviously I don't want to, to jeopardize the uh, anonymity of anyone in your group, but if you could just share um, your favorite kind of transformational story that you've seen from from we are the they because I've, yeah, I've read a couple but only only brief ones that I've seen posted it's true because everyone's had such a different transformation it's really cool uh, I had I go on a walk every morning at 7 a.m one of my guys sets an appointment they meet me at my doorstep and we go for a walk for an hour or I get on a call with them and we go for a walk for an hour and the dude this morning um it, it, this is it's not a profound one but it's it kind of explains it he he says uh he said dude he goes i gotta tell you i was at dinner two nights ago with my son and his son's like 10 or 11 and he goes and my son said something that just moved me forever he said dad uh he goes you don't get mad at me or angry at me anymore like you used to he's like thank you and he's like it just hit him he's like shit like i used to always get mad at my son and yell at him and he goes in six months he goes and the kid like said it to his dad he's like he goes i just meant so much to me bro he goes this program has just completely shifted me and it's a small thing, but like it's every guy's had thing. their own, but that's what's getting at. But it's such a huge thing of what it is in the, in the long run. I mean, I've had so many guys that, you know, 12 to 14 of the guys went home from our first weekend together and told their spouse or girlfriend something they needed to get off their chest and, you know, and, and, and ended up getting um, back into integrity in whatever way they were off and all these different guys being able to be seen like there's one guy he's the dude i posted a video about it sold his boat to be a member of the group the first weekend he showed up he was the shyest guy wouldn't talk to anybody and to watch him now like how he's thriving he's doubled his income is he's friends with everyone in the group everybody looks up to him and he was like in any other scenario this dude you know he didn't feel like he fit in he's just the nicest guy and to watch guys like him or to watch it's it's every single guy that's had these little transformations but um, it's been cool, man. And all I honestly, all I've done is created this space. They're all doing the work. And that's what's fun is like every guy is doing the work that he needs to do. And so it's hard to like pinpoint anyone, but every single one of them is it's been watching them grow and watching them connect with each other and, and become better husbands, um, better fathers, all those things. It's, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. I mean, there's just no the I always say, you know, we have no idea the ripples of us being the best versions of ourselves will be. We're always all going to fall short. I fall short all the time, particularly, I feel like, um, as a parent of teenagers. Um, but, you know, that little story, to be 10 years old and to feel moved enough to say that to your dad, that's uh -huh. something that he's been sitting on for a minute. And was just kind of like, okay, when, when can I tell him that I've noticed this thing? And then it means something to me. 
um, fuck, man, that's actually I know, dude. <laughs> well, it gets me emotional because I, I knew when it wasn't safe in my house, right, as a yes. kid. And like, God, I would have given anything for my dad to go in through something like this to just make those subtle changes to be a little bit more at peace at the house. You know, I, I don't know if I ever felt completely safe as a kid. And so it's like to hear that one, I get emotional too. It was like, it's such a small thing, but it's so fucking huge. You it's know, huge because there's no saying, there's no way to, uh, to quantify what the, you know, what a kid <laughs> feeling safe and seen and heard in his house, I know. what the fucking, who knows what that kid's going to do. And, you know, smallest scale, He's going to have a great relationship with his dad for the rest of his life, which is something that also can't be monetized or quantified into how, how huge or important that is, man. And that, that's why I just so, um, I'm so grateful for dudes like you and Aubrey and, and, um, and anyone out there that is just helping people be the, 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 the best version of themselves. I have such a hands-off version of doing it. You know, um, people share their stories with me all the time and I'm always moved by it. Um, but I, I think what you guys are doing is so special. Um, and and I, I just love following along, man, and seeing people's lives change because I think the other thing is men particularly seemingly, you know, by their mid-20s, they figured out they're like, okay, this is the place from which I operate. Here's kind of my system. And it's so hard to crack that system. And, and the joy that it brings me to see grown-ass adult men with wives and kids go like no i can push harder i can dig deeper and i can be better like like you said i just i think about my dad and like fuck dude what a what a different world it would have been for us growing up right had this sort of work been available to people um yeah like god bless him that it just wasn't there for him you know but it's 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 fun to have it now and to be able to be on on it i'll have to have you come to one of our in-person events man you'll have to come play for us or something i'd love, love to have to. you I would love yeah. to, man. Yeah, I um, um, I've gone to fit the fit for service once, uh, twice now, and it's been an absolute uh hoot to play and and, I mean, dude, to play music for people that are primed and in the most vulnerable state that you know they're mm -hmm. in the we they're in the middle of like five days of super intensive self work and like playing music for people in that setting is just magic well, um, you have a special talent to to heal too man and it, it's you know it's a completely different form but it's special and um i got to witness it a little bit when you played for us in ayahuasca and uh you know it's a superpower dude and, and it's 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 exact i mean more people are healed through emotion than anything else and that the, your ability to capture that in music is is just special bro thank you so much dude well i'm so grateful for you um you know a for for stepping in and, and, and helping us out and helping us get this record out. Um, and be by the just, way, man, that's a hundred percent. Cause I believe in you, man. I, you know, it's not a money thing for me. It's, I, I just know who you are. And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. You know, I love that, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful for the light that you are. Um, and, and that you're building the thing you're building, man. Cause, cause that's it to me. That's the antidote to the chaos. It's not, it's not convincing anyone of anything. It's getting people lined out to be their best. Yeah. Totally know? agree. Well, I'm so grateful for you making time, dude. And um, yeah, I'm sure you and I'll talk sometime throughout uh, throughout this week. Sounds awesome, man. Grateful uh, for you as well. And we'll be in touch, my friend. Appreciate it. All you. right. God bless you, bro. See you, Drew. See ya. All right, y'all. That was Jimmy Rex. Um, check out We Are The They, that group he was talking about. It's growing. He's helping a lot of people. Uh, it's cool to watch it transpire. 
Um, the next podcast, I believe we will have uh, my longtime friend and the newest member of Satsung, Mr. Parker Brown. Um, I'm excited for that. Me and Parker have the deepest conversations and also the most absurd ones. So we'll cover everything from self-reflection, our favorite authors, to, you know, the adequate size of a male nipple. Um, and probably everywhere in between, too. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you uh, head over to onnit.com and figure out what you can do to get your shit right. It's summertime, man. You should be out. You should be moving around. You should be running. You should be swimming. You should be fishing. You should be doing lots of shit. And, uh, you know, the best way to have energy for that is to make sure that your body is fully optimized and that you are supplementing your health so you can be the best version of yourself. So, head to onnit.com. Use code SATSUNG at checkout. Uh, yeah, God bless y'all. Drink water. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.